Hello, this is Jessica Heron, founder and CEO of the Stella and Dot Family Brands, and this is my brand new podcast, Self Made. Hey, friends, and welcome to this episode of Self Made. I have a lot of great guests coming up, but that's not what's happening on this episode. This episode is a little chat you and I are going to have about something you may be going through right now in this season, in this moment of your life. Is the season changing, your schedule changing, and does that put you at risk for feeling overwhelmed and off track in working towards your own personal goals because there's disruption in your life? So if you are going through a back to school, and that may mean a back step on your schedule and your plans and your self-care, then this episode is for you because we're going to make sure that you stay sane live a life you love, care for others without losing yourself or sacrificing too much, and stay on track to achieve the individual goals and passions and care that you absolutely deserve. So let's dive in. Now, who has in the last week been to Target, Michael's, and Amazon shopped lots of school supplies and then felt incredibly confused and guilty about why things show up one-on-one in giant boxes. (laughs) If you've been getting your kids ready to go back to school, whether they're starting kinder or you've got middle schoolers or high schoolers, the back to school time is when you start doing all kinds of things. Summer's going off into the distance and you're thinking, what's the schedule? What are the classes? What are the supplies? Do you have the shoes that fit? And of course your day or days, you know, leading up to the start of school, you've got some extra events. However, it's not just that. It now goes into the start of school. September can be an endless series of curriculum night, back to school night, coffee, this. And then it also, because there's all these options of getting involved in your community and with your kids, it starts to unleash feelings of inadequacy and insecurity in parenting where you feel conflicted around prioritizing your time to spend on things that are important in driving yourself forward, your career forward, your goals forward versus giving time to your community and your kids by getting involved. So I'm going to give you a few tips in this podcast to help you figure things out. I got to tell you, I'm going to go real practical. I'm going to tell you how to say no to school related obligations so that you can focus on the quality of your contribution to your family, yourself, your community, without it being an endless suck of all your quantity of time and you feeling like bad because you you know you can say no to things because absolutely choice and trade-offs are important and you can say no to every single meeting, every single opportunity, right? Then I'm going to also talk to you about why it's important to let go. And this may be more relevant if you have older kids, maybe middle school, high school, where during this time where they've got to go navigate and figure things out, why it's better for your time and for their long-term capability, resilience, independence, ability to succeed in life, that you step back, don't overparent, and you let them handle it. (laughs) That's hard because you've got to let them fail and watch it happen and then they learn and go do it, but you got to do it. And then I want to go back and really talk about this role model role that you have, not being a butler, 
right? So not, how do you get over this guilt that you're not supposed to be at every game, be at every function, be at every curriculum night? And it's okay for you to be out there having your own authentic passions and living a life that has fulfillment for you and not coddling or feeling like you've got to do everything, all the things, all the time in order to not have your kid think you're, you're a sucky parent or have other parents think you're a sucky parent and how everybody can be happy and everybody can be getting their needs met and you don't have to feel overwhelmed or lost and all of that. So let's get started with my cheat sheet, okay? Because no doubt over the next couple of weeks, you've got a busy calendar and it has got a lot of stuff on it. Here are the things that I like to ask myself about any event. One, is this something where I need to really be aware of my kids' experience? So one of the things I think that is a yes is curriculum night. That is the night. That's what my kids' school call it. But maybe it's back to school night for you. But it is where you go and you sit in their class and you talk to their teacher and you understand what the expectations are for that kid, what the teacher's like, and what they're going to learn. And why I like that even though they always start it at a time where for working parents, it's very inconvenient to get there. (laughs) But let's just say you're going. And why I like that is because then sitting at the dinner table, when my kid is talking about so-and-so, this teacher and this subject, I have some clue, okay? Just some clue, not deep knowledge, not committed memory, but some clue as to like, oh yeah, I remember that lady. Or like, yeah, okay, that's that class. I remember this. So you're aware of what they're doing throughout their regular day. So the second thing is about knowing the parents of the children that your kids are likely to be hanging out with. So for me, when I look at these back-to-school events, there are so many. There are coffee, curriculum night, uh, parents' meetings, and then there's often a mom's night, whether it's formal or informal. And let me tell you, I pick the mom's night because that's where I can sit down and make connections with what I feel is like my village of child rearing, where if my kid was, you know, feeling a certain way or doing a certain thing or hanging out with a kid that I was worried about, there would be some community connection where I then was aware and connected and could, you know, call somebody up. So those are basically the two things that I prioritize. And that, my friend, is it. (laughs) So I'll tell you which ones are like coffee, the coffee morning, That is code for come sign up for so much stuff. What's going on at coffee morning? And by the way, if you do this, you are a saint and that is wonderful. Everybody has a gift to give and a contribution. But if you are a solopreneur, if you are a working parent, if you are contributing in a different way, which by the way, tax dollars is contributing to our education system. So there isn't a need for you to feel guilty about working and also not volunteering to everything. So that is what we're talking about, right? So if you go to this coffee morning, um, you're going to see there's lots of opportunities to sign up for all kinds of committees and things. And it's great if you want to do it. But if you start to feel overwhelmed by thinking, well, what if I sign up for this, what am I trading off? What, what timeline is going to go towards this commitment versus other things? If it's a commitment at school, there's room parent, there's art teacher parent, there's all kinds of things that you can do. I always had this filter. Am I going to be eyeball to eyeball with my child? Because then it counts as quality time where I get to be around them and look at them and it makes me happy. But I'm not going to go volunteer to do things where I'm in a library organizing things and other 
my kid isn't there or I'm just with other people's kids. And I'm going to say this on so that you look good for being a better person than I am. <laughs> because I know that when I say this, it sounds kind of brutal and it sounds kind of mean and I'm like free riding on other people that volunteer in schools. But that is fear and insecurity talking. It's not actually reality. But we could all feel guilty, like saying no to things makes you a bad person. But here's the deal. I know that I can, I'm a great mom. I'm present and aware of what's going on in my kid's life. I definitely have a robust full-time job. So I do less than the average mom for sure. Not parent, not when you blend in the dads, but I do less than average for sure in terms of volunteering in school. But I make it up in my own ways, whether it's looking at what events I can get involved in or contribute to or host or participate in in some particular way, right? Carpooling on the weekend. So I don't have to feel guilty about the things I'm not doing. I'm just going to figure out how I'm going to contribute and I'm going to be okay with it. And I'm going to happily and strongly say no, even when other people invite you to participate. If you are a solopreneur and it looks like you have flexibility in your schedule, this is when it can be really hard to say no, actually, because people see you like out and about during the daytime, you're at the grocery store, you're out and about. So they're thinking, well, you're free, right? And really what they're not seeing is that actually you may work from home or you may work your own schedule, but you really got to work it to make it work. And that's how you pay the bills. That's your profession. That's your business. And so even though you're not clocking into a different nine to five, it doesn't mean that you have time to take on you know, an endless amount of responsibility. So just know that number one thing is pick what you're going to participate in, say no to plenty of the events and make sure you know what your filter is, like what's important to you and your kid, and then sort the events by that guilt-free. Okay, now let's go on to this concept of how do you not feel like you've got to be there for your kid because that is the definition of good parenting, meaning school is hectic because they have homework, so now you come home from work or you're already at work and you got to stop your schedule because you've got to Go organize their stuff and make sure they don't forget things for PE the next day. And you've got to go get into their school schedule and calendar and you've got to go do their homework. Here is a radical suggestion. What if you just didn't do it? What if you just did not get involved in their schedule and their stuff? What if they went the next day to school and they forgot their lunch and they forgot their shoes and they forgot their you know sports gear and you didn't even go down to school and drive it to them? They just forgot it. What would happen to them the next day? Well, they would have lived with the consequences of either not doing well on that test or not being able to participate in that sport or whatever. And then if it mattered to them, they'd change. And if it happened again, well, and again, I'm not talking about like a a second grader, but I am talking about a middle schooler. (laughs) Like if it happened again, what would, what would go wrong? Like even if they, they didn't have a lunch, they're not going to starve to death, but they're going to be hungry. Sure, but then they're hungry enough to know that they got to set an alarm and get up a little bit earlier and make their lunch and go out. So I think that if you're defining good parenting, it's because you're giving your kids responsibility that they can handle, where you're training them to be a kind, empathetic, responsible, self-driven, capable adult in the making versus a coddled, overparent kid who doesn't have a locus of control and self-responsibility and gets out into the world and looks around like a victim, like why isn't everybody else catering to me and making me the center of their universe? Because as much as I think, and frankly, I know, like I think we all know we're right about this. I honestly think my two children are the greatest gifts to the world. 
Don't you agree about your own children? Like they're amazing. I don't understand why the rest of the world doesn't want to rotate around them because they're so cute and so awesome. But the reality is all parents feel that way and we're all right. And yet none of us are right. Like that's actually not what's going to happen for them when they go out into college, into the workforce, into the real world. No one's going to coddle. No one's going to go home and get their lunch. No one's going to organize their stuff. So the earlier they're in a safe environment where they have consequences for their actions, and if they don't like it, they change their actions to produce different results. That to me, my friend, is great parenting. <laughs> You've got to be okay with like, yeah, you're the mom that like didn't send your kid to school with lunch or whatever, but it doesn't matter. Like what judgment are you willing to live with? The judgment of people that are in your community who may think you're not a, a super parent or your own judgment later in life when you see your kid not thriving because they've been coddled. And let me just give it a throwback. I have a friend who so kindly let my child come with them on a week of their summer vacation where they went up to uh, Sonoma, which is real near us. They just drove up and they had a house up there that they had rented with another family. And my kid got to come along for the week. And I was calling her to make sure it wasn't too much of an imposition and that she was going to be okay, you know, having my kids stay there the whole time. And she said to me, well, I just need to make sure actually that you're okay with it because it's real 1970s up here. Like the moms are drinking tab and the kids are out jumping on dangerous uh, trampolines. And like, if they're not, we don't even know where they are because they're free range. Like we're not tracking their whereabouts. Like, are you okay with that? I'm like, yes, I am okay with that <laughs> because it's a safe small town. And that's what you do when you're that age kid. Like, that's what I was doing. I was riding my bike around town. My parents couldn't track me. They didn't know where I was every second of the day. And that actually is the much more common form of parenting that's been happening for decades and generations and hundreds of years versus what it is today, which is this very high standard, very high touch, very in your face, doing all the things for all the kids all the time, which I actually don't even believe in, in terms of how you raise a capable, independent person. So I was like, yes, I'm okay with that. Now ask yourself if, did you, what happened to you when you were a kid? Like what 1970s, 1980s kid had their parent at every game, every school night? I can tell you my single dad, he was working. He, he went to none of them, like literally none of them. I don't think he met a single teacher for my entire education. And I'm fine. Like that was fine. I, I think I'm actually a pretty independent, resilient person. And I actually think it's because I grew up with you know, challenges that I had to solve on my own and nobody was doing all the things for me all the time. And so ask yourself, like, if you got through that, what is the reality check of any actual guilt that you should be feeling for doing all this stuff? But here's another thing too, around now making choices about parenting, being a good parent versus being a realistic parent. And resisting this natural temptation that comes from total love for your child, as well as total wanting to be seen as a good parent in your community's eyes. Let's talk about sports teams, okay? Because they can get off the hook crazy business, where some club teams, it's like a crazy figure about how much families spend traveling for club teams and the time they give on the weekends. And now if your kid is going to be the next Michael Phelps or has such athletic talent and that is like your thing you do you. Like, I am not judging that. I admire you. Okay. But let me just say there's a very low chance that a heron person is going to go excel as an athlete. That is, we don't have hand eye coordination. 
Like that is not, that is not our gift to give to the world. So my kids do play sports. I think it's great for them. I think the team sports, the physical fitness, like it's awesome. Okay. So my daughter who's into lacrosse, she wants to go be on this club team for lacrosse and she wants to do it with her friends. And that team practice is 45 minutes away in traffic every day. And you know, it goes, it's travels on the weekends. And yet there's another one right up by her school, which would be all the benefits of team sports and, uh, and you know, physical fitness, but she wouldn't get to do it with her friends and doesn't travel on the weekend. Da, da, da. And I honestly spent a week thinking to myself, Oh, come on. Like, I don't want her to miss out. I'll do it. We'll go. And even if we travel here, there and there on the weekend, and I, you know, I have to figure out the carpool thing, like during the week, like I, I don't want her to like suffer because her parents aren't willing to step up like the other people's parents. And then I had to have a little talk with myself being like, oh my God, what am I doing? What am I thinking? Why am I not just saying, no child, this is ridiculous. <laughs> like, absolutely not. You're not joining that team. Like go to the one down the street and walk yourself there. And what am I doing? And I almost signed myself up for this insanity and stress because somehow I kind of lost sight that that was not a reasonable request to kind of drive someone again. Cause I, again, my kid is loves sports, but she's not going to go to college as a lacrosse player. So should we really be bending our family time to go do this extreme thing versus being like, no, it's fine. We, we can go with the easier option. So it's okay to say no to your community and your kid and feel okay with the idea that it's all right to not let them have everything they wanted every time because it's better for them. And it's okay for you to live with individual peace and fulfillment and self-care. These are things that you need to model for your kid. Like they do what they see. They believe what they see. That's what shapes their values and their outlook for the world. Not just what you tell them. And so that's something to keep in mind. If you're telling them, like, I want you to go out and be passionate and have purpose and contribute and feel okay being in a group of people where everybody gets to shine, everybody gets to have their passion. Well, why not have your own family be the role model for that? And that means that you get to feel great about the parenting you're doing because you bring love, because you bring mistakes, because you bring humanity, because you bring thoughtfulness and you have quality interaction and presence together, not butler service and you get everything you want at all times to the, to the family situation. And that in order to do that, I give up me, I give up me, right? We, we actually, if you think about the messages you would send your kid, they'd kind of be the opposite of that, right? Like you would want them to know and live by these values, which depending on where your kid is in, in school, like it's actually really one thing you went on to say is like, don't give in to peer pressure. Like you need to be okay saying no, even if other people are telling you like, oh, this is everybody's doing it, or they're going to think you're less cool. Okay. That goes back to like being okay saying no to, to other obligations. Right. And you want to tell your kid, like, don't just try to be everybody else. Like be authentic, pursue your passion, be loud and proud. Don't just think you have to be like other people. Okay. That's you realizing that you don't have to apologize for having your own business and your own goals and not just being a hundred percent in service to your family. That's not how the world works. And you shouldn't apologize for having your own passions. And the thing that your kid doesn't get what they want all the time. And they just have to deal with it because as we know, the world is not fair. Success is not convenient. Life is not summer camp. So it's okay that they have to see this beautiful, awesome example of a person that they love and respect 
making trade-offs, doing hard work, reaping the rewards of that hard work, overcoming the struggles and disappointments for when the work doesn't always work out for, with instant gratification, that there are trade-offs that you give up you know, option A to go with uh, option B because B is going to lead to long-term things that are necessary, right? I, I've missed plays and events and things that my kids ultimately can see the big picture of, which is I'm not at every event, but I'm at plenty. And yes, I was doing this for work or that, but hey, that puts the roof over our head and you get to be learning from the things, experiences that I bring back into the home. And that's a good thing, right? It's not a binary black and white. I'm there. Good. I'm not there. Bad. There's a bigger picture. And when you think that way and actually emote that way in terms of your own confidence, your own, like get rid of guilt, just put that out there. You're going to have your child think that way because that is your core values that you're projecting into your home. So don't play small to make your kid big. It doesn't. It doesn't. If you want to give them the ability to think big, just make sure that everything is kept in perspective and don't weigh yourself down with guilt or thinking that they need everything at all times. Okay. So I hope that that made you guilt-free and hopefully not overwhelmed in a schedule because you overcommitted to things that you didn't need to commit to. And now when a season changes, you need to think about not just your kid's schedule and then, okay, here's their schedule. Now I fit in around it. But what is it that you're doing within the time that you capture that's really purposeful, right? Just like you're looking at their life and saying, okay, they need this class, they can get to this next step, to this next step. Even if you're operating your own business and it may be part-time, it may be full-time, it may be something that you do in order to enable flexibility, having a plan just makes it better and happier in the time that you are giving it with great results. So You may not have a a boss, but why don't you show up like the best employee ever and think about what is a business? And again, this is something that pays and yields returns. What is it, should it be doing during the season? Because for a business, it's not necessarily back to school, you know, unless you are, of course, a teacher or you are something that's related to schooling. But for a business, it's actually going into Q4. Q4 is retail season where you have a lot of more revenue and earnings. It is where gift giving is coming. It's where fall is upon us. And that creates different experiences for people, different marketing messages, different opportunities to acquire customers or to serve them in a way that they want best. They're going to be planning holiday travel. And it's also a quarter in which you, if you're thinking strategically so that you can align your activities and prioritize them and tee them up for a new year, you're actually using this next few months, this Q4, which is to plan your next year so that you have thought and prioritization and all that. So just make yourself a list. Just like we started in the beginning being like, okay, I got five options. I got curriculum night, mom's night, general meetings, morning coffee. Like I'm going to pick within that. Go to your business list and look at it and have a filter for what's important, what's at value, what needs to be done. And doing that consistently is the essence of time management and getting things done with purpose. You don't ever do all the things. You filter the things for impact and you do the impactful ones first and you have calm because you purposely exclude the things that like are nice to do but don't need to get done and may not move the needle. So be intentional with your business 
as much as you are trips to Michael's and Target, and I guarantee you, you are going to have a wonderful fall. You're going to have these two beautiful balance points of things coexisting, that you're not feeling like you're overwhelmed. You feel like you're on track, even while the track changes as the schedule changes for your time of year. Okay, so now it is time for you to do the self-made challenge because baby, it all sounds good and you can nod your head and it can sound like, yes, that is reasonable, but until you apply it to your own life, nothing happens, nothing changes. So here's your self-made challenge. In the next 24 to 48 hours, uh, if you are a person whose schedule is about to be impacted by the changing of seasons and schedules, I want you to write down your filters for what you get involved in and inside of your kids' world and community, and what events you intend, and how making a decision and communication to everyone that is a constituent, like kid, your partner, other people, and having that plan going in up front could help you free up time to do the things you need to filter in your life. And don't think that your own wellness, your own fun and joy and passions isn't just as important as having your business on track. So come up with those two filters. What are you going to say yes to and no to in both your family world and zone and then your personal world and zone? Write it down and stick with it. The more intention you bring to your use of time, the more success you bring to your life. Because remember, my friend, you are self-made. Okay, if you know someone that is suffering from that, oh, I'm overwhelmed, there's so much going on right now, would you do me a favor and them a favor and share this podcast with them? Tag them on social, hashtag self-made podcast, drop a review in the Apple Store, Google Play, wherever you listen to your podcast, because I am so grateful for you spreading the word. And I hope that when other people listen to the word you spread, it makes a difference. See you next time. 